Thank you, Brother Burton. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. And just to be able to praise him and to worship his name is worth everything. Come on up, Sister Allard. Get ready to do something. You do what you want to do, and I'll do what God says to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to have my mother with us tonight. Amen. And uh, she told me the on the way to church tonight, she said she almost got the Holy Ghost again. Hallelujah. I like that. Amen. Hallelujah. I like getting it again myself. Again and again and again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're here to worship his name and... Uh, just let go and let God have his way. I don't know what God has in store for us, but we're here to do his will. And that's all I want. I'm not here to waste my time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could be home sitting with my grandkid. I just have one out here. You know, I got two back east. But, uh, and, and that's all right. But uh, I like going to church. But if we've come to see a reed shaking in the wind, we've wasted our time, folks. Amen. I like living for God. And I like to see people that like to live for God. Hallelujah. And it's our desire to see people baptized with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Paul Wilson and I, we were talking and, you know, we, we shout about miracles and we shout about healings and all of that. But did you know what? That really doesn't move heaven. Hallelujah. You know what moves heaven? when a sinner repents. The Bible said the angels rejoice. What? At what? One sinner. It didn't say they're going to shout when the miracle takes place or the healing takes place, but when one sinner repents, hallelujah, the angels rejoice. Amen. So... We need some wood to chop on. Amen. And the Lord willing, when we come back off our tour, we leave Friday morning. We'll be gone till the middle of November, all the way to the East Coast, up into Canada and back. We'll try to, Brother Burton, we'll try to squeeze in a few days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? I just, I like preaching. Hallelujah. I was talking to Brother Terry. I call him Uncle Ike. Hallelujah. And I was talking with my pastor today, and I said, Brother Terry, the principles that you instilled in my soul have not changed up till this time. I said, and that's what really counts. 
Amen. I just like living for God. And I remember when God called me to preach. And he put a love in my heart for this message. Amen. And after 38 years, I'm not about to back down now. I've come too far. I've seen too many things happen. I don't want to be just hard-hearted, but I want yet the Word to be able to touch us and to be tender and attentive to His voice and to His call and to His will. Amen. If man had their way, we'd do a lot, a lot of things different. But we're in, when we're in His will... It's he that directs us, not our own selves. Amen. But we're just here to worship the Lord with you tonight. I want Sister Allard to come and sing and testify. Lord has been good to us. We were here with you back in June, May, June. I don't know how many people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Since then, it's, it's over between three and five hundred I don't know but I know that I talked with brother Filkins today and a week ago Sunday he baptized 25 in one church the Saturday before I left to come home we left Africa the 22nd of February the Saturday before that we went out to a, a village about 30 35 40 miles from town and we baptized 40 people. Was it 40 or 30? 30 in the lovely name of Jesus. Some of them receiving their personal experience with God. And it's happening this way in our country everywhere. And uh, matter of fact, we have an open door in the country just north of us. And so we're just expecting great things. We're in the midst of a Holy Ghost outpour. I told Brother Filkins, I said, just cut all the ropes and let her go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You won't run aground, just let her blow. Let people get baptized. Let them get the Holy Ghost, because that's what really counts. Amen. And it's happening. We waited a long time. Let me tell you something, church. The Bible said you'll reap in due season if you faint not. I know a little bit of history about this church. Amen. You've had a hard struggle. It's easier now than it was. Hallelujah. And let me tell you what. God blesses faithfulness. And he will reward you for your faithfulness. Amen. And, and I don't care what they say. If you are a praying church and a church that knows how to get a hold of God, you are going to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God does not deny his children. Hallelujah. Sister Allard, come and give us a testimony and, and sing us a love song tonight. Praise the Lord. I appreciate the presence of the Lord. The Bible says where there's two or three gathered together in his name, 
and we're far more than two or three and we have come with one purpose and I want to be a blessing. I don't want just to receive a blessing and I do want to receive a blessing every time I go to the house of God. But if I go away without having been a blessing, then I haven't fulfilled my reason for being because I have to be a blessing. And I want to serve the Lord with gladness and joy in my heart. I thank him for what he's doing. As my husband has told you, he has done so many great things for us, more than we could ever tell. These last few months since we were here have been <sighs> hectic. <laughs> Just no sitting down time. It's been going, going, going. We've been very, very busy. But we thank the Lord for that. That's what we want. We don't have time to sit down and waste. But the time that we have, I was talking to my daughter-in-law today, and I said, maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. I said, but it seems like at all times now, every time I pray or if I thank on the Lord or even just during the day, if, no matter what I'm doing, I'm, always, I'm, I'm continuing to search my heart. I continue to search myself, looking for jealousy, looking for hate, looking for things that should not be there. And sometimes, especially, I think, overseas, you, you get so busy and you work so much and you do so many things and so many different things so much of the time. And uh, the people there, they are so poor, they have so little. And uh, they just don't know how to be. It seems like no matter how much you give them, there's still so many needs that there's just no end to the needs. So lots of times we work and work and work and work and work. And sometimes you get to thinking, well, this is just a thankless job. They never say thank you. They never say we appreciate it. They never say anything. And really, they do appreciate it, and they do, they, they do have thankful hearts, but they still see so much to be done. And so I told her, I said, if I forget that I'm doing that unto God or as unto God, then I... I start getting a, a bad spirit, a critical spirit, and start getting, wondering, well, if this is all this is about. But when I realize that I'm doing it as unto God, and it's he that sees, and if in this life we're never rewarded, just think of the reward that awaits us if we're faithful. But if we're not faithful to the end, then all that we've done will be in vain. All. Everything that I have given, that I have done, that I have sacrificed, if, if you want to call the different things that one done, does in the work of God a sacrifice, if I am not faithful to the very end, then all that I have done will be in vain. And I don't want the praise of man, but I do want to be remembered by the Lord. And I want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And to hear him say that, I must have done well. He won't say that if you haven't done well. Oh, well, I'll just let you get by. No. There's only one time, and if we don't do well now, we won't hear him say, Well done. So I want to do all that I can. I have been living for the Lord. My folks came to the, to the Lord when I was just about four years old. 
About five or six years of age, I received the Holy Ghost. And I have been in the church all of my life. And so, I have seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. Even in Africa, a lot of people come and a lot of people go. And many times it hurts and it hurts bad. But when I see them, I'm reminded of what the Lord has been to me and what he is to me. So I want to sing a song that says, You're still Lord to me. When I was just a child, I heard a beautiful story. Always be mine 
Praise the Lord. Is he still Lord to you tonight? I trust that he is. Hallelujah. I love him. I want to serve him. Amen. I've already said it once, I say it again. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with Brother and Sister Burton again. Amen. And just to be with them and have good fellowship. And let me tell you something, church. You got a good pastor. Amen. Good pastors are hard to find. You need to take care of them. Amen. I'd like to take a thought tonight from the book of Acts. Can I take off my coat? Hallelujah. Sometimes I feel like I fell out of a palm tree. But uh, I came up in my right mind anyhow. Amen. In the book of Acts, I don't know if, if I preach or if I teach, but it's still the word of the Lord. That's all that counts. Hallelujah. And I pray that my voice will hold up. I did a foolish thing the other night. I walked outside and it was cool to us. And I did not have my jacket on after I preached and my throat just closed down. Normally I don't have that problem. But you know we're where the temperature never changes very much. It just gets hot and hotter. <laughs> it doesn't change a whole lot. And uh, to you today it was very lovely, but to us it was a little on the cold side. I function well at 80 degrees. When it gets between 80 and 100, that's I'm at my best. And... Uh, and I don't know how to act if I'm not sweating. Now, you, you talk about Bakersfield being hot. You know, I was born and raised here. Uh, I, I hunted jackrabbits where this church is. Now, that goes back a long time ago. And... Uh, wasn't nothing out here except old sagebrush and alkali. But you know, time has a, a way of changing a whole lot of things. And I guess uh, Mama, if she had my place, she could tell us a whole lot of things about this town. But uh, time does take its toll. And time has a chance, if you're not careful, to take a toll on your life spiritually also. Let me tell you, there is a danger the longer that you live for God. Normally, it should be that it gets better as the days go by. 
but to some it lulls them to sleep. And they have a tendency to let up. They have a tendency to just slack off just a little bit. Kind of just kick back and just lay back and say, well, I've been in the church a long time and it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. But don't let yourself be fooled. Your experience with God has to be an up-to-date experience. I'll give you a warning. It's not how long you live for God, but it's how you are reacting to the moving of the Spirit today and not yesterday. I've talked to a lot of people over my few years in living for God and and I find a lot of them becoming casualties. They're falling out because, well, church has lost its appeal. It's lost its luster to them. But we need to keep falling in love with him. And we sing the chorus, I keep falling in love with him over and over again. And we need to just keep falling in love with him over and over and over again. Amen. Paul said, I die daily. We got to crucify this flesh every single day. Amen. And it's so easy to get caught up in the, the affairs of the world and get caught up in the, the things that we are doing and our job and our families and our daily needs that press us every day and we kind of leave God out and we push God to the background and say, well, I'll do it later. But let me tell you something. If we're ever going to do something for God, we need to do it now. We need to do it now. I know in Africa that uh, I start my day early every single day. It starts early and I know if I don't get in and get my Bible reading done and I don't get a little bit of prayer time done before seven o'clock every morning it ain't going to get done it just won't get done and I'll say well I'll do it this evening no you won't you'll come home off the job tired you sisters will have fought with kids all day long and, and time to prepare dinner about 5 o'clock. Husband comes in, he's grouchy, you're grouchy, you get at each other's throat. How are you going to pray? Now, y'all didn't expect that from a missionary, did you? Hallelujah. But you see, we need to start out and live for God fresh every day and when we start living for him that way it becomes easy to live for him all day long and so in the starting of our day if we crucify this old flesh I don't like to get up early you say now me I like to get up early but I like to go to bed early too. 
I like to be in bed about 8 o'clock every night, don't I, Mama? You'd say, 8 o'clock? That's still daylight. Well, I like to get up before daylight, too. But uh, I like to get to bed early enough, and uh, we live such a rapid pace in America that, that um, we serve God like the chain foods or the fast foods do. We just pull up the drive-in window and say, God, fill me up. Hallelujah, don't we? we some, that's the way we live for God sometimes. We pull in the McDonald's outlet or whatever they call it, what is drive-up window, and then they take your order before you get there, and they'll just tell you so much money, and you drive on up to the window, and it's already hounded out the window. They don't even look at you. They do it so often. That's the way we expect God to do us. Uh, God, fill me up. Let me be full all day long. We don't even look around. We just pay our dues, and that's it, and just keep on going. But that's not living for God, church. We need to stop and live for him. We need to stop and serve him. We need to stop and communicate with him. Hallelujah. And feel the power and the glory of God. Now, if we're going to have the power of the early church, we're going to have to take and do like the early church did. Amen. And uh, I want to take this thought uh, tonight and, and just kind of look at it and, and, and analyze it just a little bit. If I can help you tonight walk out of this building a better individual, I feel like I have done what God has wanted me to do. If, I, if you, we can walk out of here with a, a greater desire to serve him, I feel that we have accomplished what we need to accomplish in this service. It's not always a running and a jumping service. But it's taking and getting the word down in our soul. And David put it this way, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Now let me say this, it's not how much Bible you know. You may be a Bible whiz, but it's how much you put into practice that really counts. You may be able to quote chapter after chapter and verse after verse after verse, but if it's never put in practice, it don't mean anything in God. Hallelujah. So we need to realize that if we're going to live for God and have the same power that the apostolic church had at the beginning, there is going to have to be some, some sacrificing to get the word of God down in our heart and then putting it in practice. Not just come to church and sing a couple of songs and, and the preacher gets up and says a few words that excites us and makes us run the aisles and, and uh, all of this. That's really not church as far as I'm concerned. But to have the communion and the fellowship in God and walking out 
a transformed individual and the world can see that there is a change in our life. Now you see, the, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost happened in what chapter? Chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Did it not happen? <clears throat> now you just bear with me for a little while. I'm not in no hurry. So don't you get in a hurry. Don't you get finished before I do. Hallelujah. I'm a slow starter, but I finish quick. That's after I get wound down. Sister Allard's holding up probably two fingers, and that means about five minutes for each time. But she knows me after 35 years of marriage. She knows me pretty well. So chapter 2, we find the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Chapter 1, we find the promise. And then uh, the promise is fulfilled in the second chapter. And what happens in the third chapter is the first but also what happens in the fourth chapter. What happens in the fourth chapter? The persecution. One's the promise. Two's the fulfillment of the promise. Three is the miraculous power. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Hallelujah. And so they cast out or they reached out and extended a hand to a man that was lame. Now most of us, let me lay my groundwork a little bit. Most of us, we have seen the promise. Most of us have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some of us have seen miracles. Not all. Some of us have. There goes a miracle. <laughs> Telephone. Hallelujah. Almost the curse of mankind. you listen to me? Here we are. Chapter we find the miracles. And we want miracles. I like to see miracles. It excites me on the inside when I see somebody that has got a crooked hand or something, and the power of God comes down and touches them, and they reach out with it, and God so miraculously heals them. But what I like greater than that uh, is to see somebody come to an altar and repent of their sins uh, and be baptized in Jesus' name uh, and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the greatest miracle that can happen to man. But we see the first persecution because of the first miracle in the fourth chapter. How many of us like to be persecuted? Nobody. I don't like anybody talking bad about me, but it seemed like 
it seems like I've become uh, somebody's chopping block a whole lot of the times, and my name gets brought up a lot of times, especially in Africa. Uh, there's a few there that do not like me, and they wish I were dead, and they were. They wish I wasn't in the Ivory Coast, and all of those kind of good things, you know. But you know what? I found out. Hey. I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm going to live for God regardless of what they say. I don't worry about what my critics say about me anymore. Let them go ahead and rant and rave because that's all they're going to do. But I've got a pace that I have started a long time ago in God, and that's the pace that I'm going to keep. I'm just going to keep on living for God. And if they want to criticize, fine. That's all right with me because uh, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to let them intimidate me. I'm just going to keep on living for God. But let me tell you something. There will come some persecution. That'll make you grow. That'll make you pray. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pray, you don't grow. And if you don't grow, you start dying. Because you got to have water to keep growing and you've got to have the word of God to water your soul and so here comes the persecution and let me just read uh, I'll just not take the whole time to read it all I will kind of relate some of it to you but they got stopped because uh, as they walked up to the temple there they saw this lame man he had laid there now under 40 years and so uh, he was begging from them, and Peter and John just looked down and said, we don't have anything. We apostolics, we don't have a whole lot. If you do, I, I might ask you for a loan and let God pay it back. Hallelujah. But there's not many mighty and there's not many rich among us here tonight. All of us are about mortgaged up to our head and over our head. And, and we've got plastic so uh, charged up that, uh, that uh, we don't know how we're going to make it next week. We may have to let something slide to, to pay this one and then catch that up the next week and and oh, I forgot about the house rent's got to be on the third week's pay, and and the third week's pay is going to be a little bit short. I know how we all live. We all live on the same street. We all got the same address, nearly. Our telephone rings all the time. There's not many of us that don't have any debts. And some you wish you didn't have, but you know how you got them. You made them yourself. So you're going to have to get out of the Bible by yourself also. Hallelujah. Ignorance has put us in a lot of different situations, hasn't it? Stupidity has put us in a lot of situations. Hallelujah. But that's beside the point. Let's just go on. But anyway, 
They looked down. They didn't have any gold. They didn't have any silver. And they told the man so. They said, silver and gold have we none. And you know the story. You can tell it better than I can probably. But they said, but such as I have, give I unto thee. And he said, Peter you to know he caused quite a stir and I don't doubt that Peter and John I don't doubt they did a little jumping themselves <laughs> Amen. hallelujah I like to see people get the Holy Ghost and get a good case of it I watched a young lady Sunday night get on the floor and she just rolled that's been years since I saw Holy And they rolled in the sawdust. They had a time. And they'd get up, they didn't care, didn't worry them if their clothes were all dirty. But you know, we don't even want to mess up the creases in our clothes anymore. We're just laying the foundation. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, they were excited of what God had done to this man at the entrance of the temple. By extending the hand and saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, had him a time. And then a group of men saw this and it just stirred up their wrath. Listen to what it said in the fourth chapter. And they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And of course, that was their doctrine. And so they just got Peter and John and 
they just seized them real quick. And it came to pass on the next day. They held them over until the next day. Now these were the religious men. These were the men that had the long flowing robes and the fish hats. <laughs> As your pastor told us about tonight. And they were so pious. And they were so proud. And they were so educated. And they were so high and mighty that they could not perform the miracle. And they did not see the miracles uh, happen at their extending of the hand or of them saying a few words. Uh, and so they became indignant uh, and they began to make fun uh, and they seized these men and it said, uh, and it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers, now listen to who's taken care of. It said the rulers, the elders, and who else? And the scribes. Jerusalem and when they had set them in the midst of them they asked they set Peter and John in the midst of this group all the educated all the pious men of their day were gathered there and accusing Peter and John for what they had done under the influence of the Holy Ghost. All right. Now this is what they said. By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, 
makes a different church. Now, Peter, I don't ever find that he went to school and got him a college degree. I don't even think he had a GED. <laughs> Probably not. And he said, I go fishing. <laughs> now you talk about somebody that's kind of a little bit what they might think is a little off. But Jesus said, and thou art Peter, yeah. and upon this yeah. rock I will build my oh, church. Right here it said, then Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you look at him before his conversion, and he denied the Lord three times. But let me tell you, when you get an experience with God, and you get a real experience with God, he will change you. And you won't change back either. I really wonder now that I have been in church a few years, those that come and walk through the doors and repent of their sins and are baptized in Jesus' name and get the Holy Ghost and then turn their back on God, I really wonder if they really got what it really takes to go on through or did they just get something that sounded good? What Peter say? He said unto them, ye rulers of the people and the elders of Israel. Oh, oh, now we're getting.
feel mighty as far as the world is concerned. We can't even speak the English language correct. We have trouble with that. I just hope we don't have any English teachers here tonight. But here this poor old man, just a poor old fisherman, that's all that I can find in the Word of God that he has ever known was just, I go fishing. But now, he is filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, if you're going to examine us, Mr. Mighty Men, Mr. Rulers, he said, be it known unto you all. Hallelujah. All the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then what did he say? Whom ye crucified. Hey. Don't you know that he's talking to the priest? He's talking to the elders. He's talking to the scribes. He's talking to men of renown. And he said, listen. said, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, you crucified him. But the creator, the great I am, reached down and raised him from the dead. You know what he's done? Even, even by him doth this man stand here before you made whole. Oh. Muncie, go ahead and read number 12. Read it loud. Made whole, 
And then he said, neither is there what? Salvation. Salvation. There, listen. Listen, church. But I gotta stop. I don't care how you analyze it, how you dissect it, or whatever you do to it. There is no other way outside of Jesus' name baptism. The word said one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And until you get that, you won't pass kindergarten. Hallelujah. I hope we can get out of the first grade tonight. I like that. Verse is powerful. And he's not talking to just like in Africa, we call them small boys. He's just talking to small boys. Hey, you go downtown racetrack caught my attention the other day and I just kind of followed it and uh, the man had a work permit he was way out there by the canyon opened up a racetrack mr. what's his name Miriam and uh, for 20 years he operated that racetrack out there nobody was there but now they're wanting to build nice big beautiful homes out there and they tried to get the city to condemn that so they could build their nice homes out there because when those cars get to going around and around and around, they're just too much noise. And it said uh, they can't live uh, a calm... Mommy, is this a good word, tranquille? Or is that too much French? 
a calm life. I don't know if it's an English word or not. But anyway, we'd say their tranquility, that uh, they're, they're, uh, they're calm. It's a nice place to have a nice home. We want it calm and all of this. But when those cars, it would just disturb them so in their evening time to watch their TV and all that, you know. And so they were trying to get it condemned. Well, they didn't get it condemned. He got 20 more years out there. But anyway, they tried. But the city councilman knew that the, uh, it may not uh, go well with them uh, and they may be facing another election uh, and so they realized their political careers could be at stake. But let me tell you something. These men were men of power. These men stopped these men and kept them overnight and just said, now we're going to let you answer a few questions. Uh, but they got up... Uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost, they got up with an accusing finger and they did not back down to them. And matter of fact, they went as far as to say, hey, what you got uh, is not what it takes uh, to get where you want to go. And your religious order does not really count with us uh, and it doesn't really count with God uh, because he said neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved uh, you got to realize who they were talking to uh, and who they were talking about uh, to really excite you uh, and that verse excites me uh, because he was talking uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost uh, to men of renown uh, but concerning uh, the great I am hallelujah perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned men. The Bible said not many wise and not many noble among you. perceive that 
of all, these rulers saw the boldness of these two men. As the world, and I'm not saying the boldness just to walk out and say, hey, That's not what I'm talking about. That's ignorance. But some of us think, man, I laid that fellow in the shame. Well, you just condemned this soul to hell forever without any love at all. We got to be like the master. We got to be moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. And when they saw the boldness, there's a time that you will have to be bold. Listen to what it said. They perceived that they were unlearned and interviewed. Then We're not here just to be seen of men. We're not here to wear the long flowing robes uh, and have all these uh, uh, names behind us uh, and all of these things around us. Uh, but we're here with some boldness uh, of the power of God. Uh, but these, uh, these priests, uh, these elders, uh, and these scribes, uh, they marveled at the boldness of Peter and John. And what else does it say? It said, and they took knowledge. They had took some reckoning. And you know what knowledge they took? You know what knowledge they took? That they had been with Jesus. There was something about those boys, even though they were ignorant and unlearned, they had to say, hey, they have been with Jesus. I want you to know, church, we need to get with Jesus that the world can say, hey, they may be ignorant, they may be unlearned, but we see the boldness and we've got to say, yes, they do have an experience with God. I'm going to walk on your toes. But we'll put some savvy in later. We go out on a job. We fly off the handle. We get mad. 
do all of that. And those are the very same guys we're trying to win to the Lord. We'll listen to all the smutty jokes, all the off-colored things, and we laugh. And now we're trying to win them to God. And then we wonder why we can't win somebody to God. We won't testify in the same block we live in. We'll go across town because we don't want them to know that, hey, I, li I live a double standard. You see, I wish that the world could really take knowledge of us tonight that we have been with God, that we have received an experience with him. Hallelujah. And then it goes on and it talks some more about, they told him, hey, you, we don't want you to spread this any further. We don't want you to talk about this. But Peter says, we cannot speak the things which we have, for we cannot but speak the things of which we have seen and heard. That's all we can talk about. And I want you to know when you're submersed in the power of God, you're not worried about what's going on in the world. You're not worried about what's going to happen on the job and what's happening on the job. But you're there just to earn your daily keep and you're to serve him. All this up. Because people that do, not, are, that, that do not live for God, that are not living for Him, their life is just existing. There's no living to it. And we were created by Him and for Him, were we not? We were created in the image of God. We were created to serve Him. But He gave us the power and if we do not serve him, our life becomes only a wasted existence. We become like brute beasts, just waiting for the slaughter. But when we receive an experience with God, it can become so real, so refreshing, so sweet it will transform our lives. Church, we are born to serve. We were born to serve. Now, God could have made us like the angels. Look at the elders.
glad that he gave me something that I can express. I'm glad that he gave me an experience that can push out the sin, that can push away the muck and the mark, and that can let me have a clear glimpse and a clear picture of him. That I have some boldness. I'm not worried about the world around me. But I can say, oh, I've been with God. I'm not worried about what people say. But oh, if they could see something in my life and say, we've got to recognize that he has been with God. That there's something there in his soul. That's what really counts with me. Is they say he's got an experience with God. That's what really counts, church. That's what really counts. You see, the miracle provoked this situation. But it gave them an opportunity themselves and you see the world thinks that we don't have it they think we're just the the scum of the earth the pool not much don't worry what they say as long as you got an experience with God hallelujah and the world will have to recognize that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, they'll say, hey, they've got something. They've got something. They've got something. You know what draws men to you? denying this old flesh and saying, oh God, I need you. You see, the upper room, I don't know how long the upper room experience lasted because you see, it only takes us up to a certain time and then it goes into something else. I don't know how long they stayed there. I don't know how long they stayed in the spirit. I don't know how long persuaded that they did not want to leave the influence of their new founded experience in God. They wanted to bask in it. They wanted to bathe in it. They wanted to be submersed in it because it was so real. It was so dynamic. It was so moving that it drew thousands 
something is wrong, if that experience that is in us cannot draw somebody to us. You've got to have enough Holy Ghost in you that they can see that it will draw people to Him through you. Hallelujah. I don't know if this is what you want to hear now, but this is what I'm giving you. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, they couldn't do anything. What could they do? What could the world what can the world say? Sunday night I looked across the church in Delano and I said, How many dopers do we have? As they would go into these gang fights, he 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 did not say how many that his gang had killed over the years. But he's got scars all over his body. Where they would go in with ball bats, they would go in with chains, they would go in with staves, uh, and be two or three hundred of them at a time battling one another for the territory. They'd pull back their wounded staff shot, beat in the head with ball bats and clubs of all kinds. And you see, I watch him as he lifts his hands and points those fingers toward heaven and bask in the presence of God. You see, it's having an effect on people. It's having an effect on people. And in that city, that church has had an effect on the people because of the transformation of lives of men and women. They'd go into the st and have the stings and arrest them. But God has so miraculously reached down and changed their lives. Let me tell you, church, it takes the power of the Holy Ghost. It takes some boldness. It takes some stepping out. It takes some denying of the flesh and saying yes to God. I want you to know, and if we can get to that place, uh, there's no telling what God will do for this church. No telling. I, I am convinced. I am totally convinced that God would fill your building up quickly. And what is our goal? It's not just to have a big church and have a great number, but it's to see God transforming the lives of men and women. 
and it takes an experience just as we talked about hallelujah now it may not come from the religious world but some of your persecution can come from your very own family some can come from the very closest people to you can become your greatest critics and your greatest persecutors tell you something if you're full of the Holy Ghost like Peter was the day that he met this group of religious leaders God gave him the boldness they may not come in but they will have to take knowledge that you have been with God and all they can do is back God continue to move in your life. This is what it's going to take, church, for us to really get what we want from God. Just to die and out, crucifying, and let God have his way. Hallelujah. And I just, I, I, I'm just ignorant enough to believe that if we'll do it, God will pour out on us without measure his spirit and he'll give us the boldness to begin to invite people you'd say I can't oh yes you can I don't have the ability God will give you the ability Moses said I can't I can't I can't and God said you can and Moses did did it you can do it because he gives you the power to do it he gives you the power to do it and in closing I will say this I went before the vice president of the country of the Ivory Coast because of a situation a man trying to throw us out of the country <clears throat> My staying in the Ivory Coast was laying on the line. I did not know whether I would still be there after that meeting or not. I felt I had the, the will of God. I, I felt I had the assurance of God. But you know, there's just something sometimes down here that says, well, maybe something could go wrong. <clears throat> when I walked in the home, that man and faced my adversaries. My pastors walked in and took the seats in front of me. The president sat to my right side. One of my other pastors sat on my left. My adversaries sat across from me and there they accused me. For two and a half hours, they talked against me. And then the man looked at me and said, you can speak for yourself. I felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost come over me right then. I was not nervous. I had a great calm, but I had a boldness of speech.
And I just opened up to that man and just told him how it really was. And did you know what? That man had his eyes open to our case and totally, 100% faulted our adversary. It was a total victory. And it was the world that was judging it. But we spoke to those rulers that day with some boldness. But you see, before that, there was some intercession. Intercession. We talked with God. We prayed. We had fasted for a number of days. But you see, God gave us boldness. And we walked out with the victory. <coughs> you can walk out with victory. You can have boldness. But it may not come easy to you because you're not accustomed to it. But you know what? We need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Like I say, I like to shout. I like to run the aisles. I like to dance. But that's not it. It takes a real experience in God. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. A real experience in God. A real dedication. A real cutting off the works of the flesh. And sometimes that may hurt our pride just a little bit. But if we can walk out of here just a little bit better individual, that's what it's all about anyhow. Every time I go to church, I want to walk out just a little bit different, a little bit changed, standing a little bit straighter, walking a little bit taller because of this word as it transforms the lives of individuals. May God bless you. Hallelujah. Sister Allen, would you come and sing that song again tonight? The same God that was with them at that needing hour is the same God that we're serving here tonight. He's still Lord. Let's worship the Lord together. You lost. 
You're still Lord to me When I was just a child I heard a beautiful story How you love me so You died on Calvary And though I claimed you way back then As Lord Almighty Things haven't changed My love's still the same you're still Lord to me. You're still Lord. You're still my Father. In little or much, I still feel your touch. You're still Lord. worship the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. So thankful for your presence right now. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Praise God. His presence is in this place right now. It would be good if we'd take a little time to worship, talk to God. Why don't we just for a few moments before you leave tonight, let's, let's come around front, find your place, stand, kneel, and let's talk to God. And let's love him. What a beautiful presence in this place right now. Let's worship the Lord. <laughs> 